What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Brenda Boys Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> I, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. I said uh, this was our intro, and I am sticking with it. So today is August 23rd, SummerSlam weekend, and Raw and SmackDown are all behind us now, and we are left to um, sift through the, the happenings that happened over the weekend. Of, of which there were a lot. A lot happened in a few days. It's a whole lot of stuff. We're going to talk about it. Uh, but first off, Nick and Roberta, how are you guys doing? Okay. Today was my Wednesday. I still have <laughs> half a week to go. <laughs> it, it's really, it really sucks when you work weekends and everyone's like, yeah, it's Friday. And it's like, it's Friday, Friday. <laughs> I'll get down on Friday. I'm it's sorry. not Friday to me. Uh, Roberta and I are recording in our old apartment. We moved all our stuff over, but we don't have internet there yet. Uh, so she's got her microphone all propped up on a stack of old books. I decided to leave my computer here because I knew we wouldn't have internet for a while. So it is a nice janky recording setup, but we're gonna get through Roberta's it. entire life. Roberta's entire life is propped up on old books, though. <laughs> Love you too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hard to uh, hard to dispute that. <laughs> but yeah, let's just uh, jump right into talking about uh, SummerSlam. There were how many matches in total, including the uh, kickoff show? Like 15 matches? Uh, 13, I think. 13 matches. We're not going to run through all of them because a lot of them were pretty meaningless, especially the ones on the kickoff show, i.e. Rusev and Lana versus Selena Vega and Amos. Can, can I just say that I know a lot of people on Twitter and you know Reddit and stuff complain about the length of SummerSlam. They complain about the length of every pay per view. But if you're counting the two hour pre show to the runtime of your of the pay per view, like that's on you. Like that's your fault. Yeah. For watching you didn't the pre show. <laughs> it's the pre show. You know nothing of consequence is going to happen there. Just go move along with your life. But then again, last year they put. Uso's New Day on the Summer Slam. Was it Summer? I think it was the SummerSlam pre-show, and it was one of the best matches of the night. And they're assholes like that sometimes. But it's like, here, we're gonna put these two amazing tag teams on the pre-show because we don't have room for them on the main card for some reason. So yeah, but I sucks. You missed at it. Least, at least you like expect that to be good. Whereas yeah, like Lana if you're complaining, Seth, yeah, yeah, like you're not. That, like that's your that's your fault for putting expectations on that. So we're 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 going to talk about the stuff that we thought was uh, most important. But um, first off, guys, just what was your just overall impressions of the of the show? I thought SummerSlam was great. I think we I think all we all enjoyed WrestleMania. I think. And I know we all enjoyed Money in the Bank, but like WrestleMania definitely had a dip. I think we on our on our messaging, 
I think all three of us were kind of like, wow, I'm tired, like at the same time for WrestleMania. And then Money in the Bank had like a really weird start with the really shit matches first. But like SummerSlam, like I just like I have no issue with any of the matches. Like the, I, top to bottom, I think this is the best pay-per-view they've had all year. Yeah, I know that at some point I messaged that I was like really underwhelmed. But I think it was because I was just really tired. Like I was so tired. I had to take a very long nap, like before SummerSlam. And I was still recovering from that. <laughs> but overall, I still actually really enjoyed it. I feel like part of it was like hindsight thinking about it. I was like, actually, yeah, that was really good. Then I remember like Seth and Dolph was really good. The women's match was actually really good. I liked Becky's turn. That was a nice touch. But yeah, I think I was just like physically exhausted. <laughs> well, that was a rough weekend for us because we were moving yeah. all of our stuff into a new apartment. Fortunately, it was just across the complex, but still, no matter what, moving <laughs> is exhausting. And we were watching it at a friend's house. Shout out to Corey. Thanks for hosting us, for watching both shows. That was nice. <laughs> Yeah, I tend to agree. I thought that this was definitely their best show since Mania. So if you think about it as like WrestleMania is a season finale. So this is their best show of the season of this season so far. Uh, But I think that just kind of lends itself to the long pay-per-views like Seth and Dolph like tore the house down in the first match and you just forget about it after you see, mm-hmm. you know, Finn surprising everyone coming out as the demon and squashing Baron Corbin. Like, you forgot that Seth and Dolph did that early in the night. So you kind of have to remember it with hindsight almost. It's kind of hard to judge it in the moment. I kind of like the... It almost felt like they were doing a new format of, like, bigger, longer matches and then a few, like, story squash matches here and there. The only match I was upset about was the Braun Kevin Owens thing because it was so inconsequential. Like they had all this time dedicated on Raw with Kevin Owens and Jinder Mahal and Braun Strowman doing this thing. And then it was just a four minute squash match where Kevin took a disgusting bump for no reason. And usually I'm not like, oh, he took took this bump. Why? But that one, I don't know, that one bugged me. It's like, what's the point? Because usually if you're going to take a bump like that, it should have some kind of, like, purpose. (laughs) Like, him falling off the ladders at Money in the Bank, like, they played that up for a while. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. That was was the one low light for me of, like, I almost forgot. I just remembered it happened, honestly. It was pretty much, like, like they could have just completely cut that match out and had have Braun come out like halfway through the show and be like, Hey everybody, I am here. Monster in the bank. See you at the end of the show. And then just go back in. Like, <laughs> they could have just not had that match entirely. That's true. They could have, they, yeah, they could have replaced it with a few backstage promos. Just peppered throughout the show. Braun with the, with the briefcase or something, but that's uh, being pretty nitpicky show as a whole is really good. But I want to start kind of breaking it down in more detail by by um, talking about the Becky thing. So I think that was kind of a big 
shock. I, d- I don't think we reacted as strongly as we did with the Sami Zayn turn when he rescued Kevin from Shane McMahon. It's it's funny because the internet is so split on it. I think a, there's a lot of people who are really, really pissed about Becky's heel turn. And I think a lot of it has to do with Charlotte. I think people are kind of not liking her as a baby face. Uh, I'm, my response to that is that if you are not happy with what Becky has done on Sunday and Tuesday... You're a dirty mark. Because <laughs> that's the point. You know, the, the, she, she, you're, you're not supposed to be happy when the biggest baby face in the company turns heel. You know, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, I, I thought it was an interesting angle because the easy, the easy story to tell is just... You know, Charlotte was a massive heel forever, and she's really good at it. And you could have just had her be the heel of the story, and then have Becky chase her for the championship, which is you know your your basic story. But I'm really curious to see where they go with this. I thought that uh, Becky's promo on Tuesday was really good. It was really mm-hmm. really good, and I. <laughs> I want to see uh, I want to see her and Charlotte beat each other up for a while. I was it, thinking the other day that her heel turn runs quite parallel with Sami Zayn's heel turn. Because I think a part of Becky turning is being fed up with people just like walking all over her, and she's constantly losing all these big matches. And she's just like, you know, I'm not not doing that. Fuck all you, which is basically what Sami Zayn did. Just he had like Kevin there as like a little, little evil. Whereas, yeah, but I thought that it worked really well. I think that's like one of the few ways to really turn a baby face convincingly, like when they're that baby face. <laughs> Like just hugely baby face. It has to be just like them being set up with which I think is it was effective. I think it was about time, Becky. Definitely. Definitely. I I think part of the reason people online get really upset when someone like Becky Lynch or Sami Zayn turns heel like that is that they almost expect them to be like very similar to Daniel Bryan is like this super long underdog story that goes forever and that they finally have this triumphant moment, but that doesn't usually work. I don't think I can't think of any other. It's worked a very few number of times in the history of WWE wrestling. It's hard to make it feel genuine. I think. Yeah. So. If you you know if if you're upset at something the WWE did booking wise because it's not the way you would have booked it, then you're just a mark. <laughs> and and you know, I, I I just don't understand this concept of this has been going on for literally three days. SummerSlam Monday, SmackDown on Tuesday. That's it. You know, 
just let it cook. You know, you don't you don't put all your ingredients in the pot and then you know take a ladle full of the still cold water and be like, man, this soup sucks. Mm-hmm. Let it cook. You know, let the Becky cut a really good other. promo. Cut, Becky cut a really good promo on Tuesday. You know, she's clearly like like I think she has a really good shot at being a good heel. She was heel in NXT for a little while as Sasha Banks' crony, and she was really good doing that. She used to look really different, too. <laughs> Not yeah. quite as orange. I'm to see where it goes, honestly. I like it when people turn heel. It's always like, ooh, I mean, sudden heel turn is what is what has given us um, Gargano Ciampa. Mm-hmm. Best friends turning on best friends is always recipe for good matches. I could see Charlotte and Becky having some very good matches in the future. But yeah, it's, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was a. I thought it was solidly booked. I still thought. I think we all thought Carmella was going to retain, but having uh, Becky about to win and then Charlotte get the pin on her opportunistically, I thought was was booked pretty well. Speaking of matches that I thought was was booked shockingly well was the Roman-Brock match. Because it had to toe a lot of lines, I think. (laughs) It had to make both Brock and Roman look pretty good and eliminate Braun Strowman realistically so that he couldn't cash in at the end. And I thought it did it just well enough even though, you know, Braun Strowman did walk away from an ambulance crash at one point in time. <laughs> and he Didn't took happen. he took an F5 and a couple of chair shots from Brock Lesnar and all of a sudden he can't fight. So that was a little iffy, but overall I thought it was good. They finally pulled the trigger, mercifully. You need to have the uh, wrestling fan short term. Oh, you gotta have it. You gotta have it. Or else you can't enjoy, like. <laughs> everything is <Yeah>. ruined <laughs> they didn't even really give the fans enough time to like really really hate on roman there it was like match start and then everyone was like yeah and like the entire match was just like brawn on the outside you know going ow ow ah stop hitting me ah and then match over and then every like the second the match ended everyone was like thank god brock's not champion anymore (laughs) yeah my initial thought was that braun was going to come down and make it a triple threat match which is what i felt like that would have been more in character for braun honestly i i figured he's like oh i can beat both these guys no problem i'll I'll just i'll just do that and get in the match and and win the match but I initially thought that Roman was going to pull a Goldberg on Brock Lesnar and just pin him in like 30 seconds. <laughs> and then Braun was going to immediately enter the match and was like, oh, the main event isn't Brock, it's Braun. And then the fans would have gone nuts <laughs> until Roman pinned him and then they would have been really pissed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it did everything it needed to do. Roman is the champion, Finally. Brock is gone for who knows how long. I'm sure he'll come back in the future because he always does. And we'll back we didn't see that title on TV. Yeah, we actually saw it on television. It was defended on Raw. Oh my God. 
Has the Universal title ever been defended on Raw? I don't think it has. Kevin Owens might have defended on Raw. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe once. He was, he was champion for a long time. Yeah. And the, the 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 main title isn't oh, isn't usually defended on the main, on the regular TV. But yeah, I thought it was good. I'm glad it's finally over. Mm-hmm. Even though they teased Paul Heyman being like, Brock wants a rematch at Hell in a Cell, and Kurt Angle just like, no. We're not going <laughs> to be doing that. <laughs> though, what was someone, I think, was it on Reddit, where it was like Finn Balor battled Roman for the Universal title on Raw, and it was the first time that any Universal Champion has gotten his rematch. Any former Universal Champion has gotten his rematch. Wow. Because Finn didn't get his, Kevin Owens didn't get his against Goldberg, Goldberg didn't get his against Brock, and now we're here. Yep. Also, that list of champions is very short. Yes. Is it, <laughs> I yeah, didn't even have to look them up. Being such a, such a young championship, there's lots of like weird records that go with it, I guess. Also, pretty decent, like, face move by Roman. Be like, I'm gonna give Finn his chance to get this title, especially like right after he got to watch him squash Corbin real hard. You only say that because it's Finn. I mean, I I think that's a legit (laughs) cool face move. But I mean, it was though. That's it, been one it, of the issues, is that he never got his rematch for the title. He never technically lost. <laughs> well, that move basically validates everything that he was talking about forever. <laughs> and so I, th- I, thought it was a, I thought it was a good move on their part. And that, hey, we're giving Finn a match. You all love Finn. Uh, Roman's actually backing up what he says. I thought, I thought it was good. I remember during Roman's run as WWE champion when he had his feud with AJ Styles, I thought I thought he was good with the main title. I'm totally fine with him being champion. I'm just glad that they put this whole Brock thing to rest. But then again, After nothing nothing ever does. Long years. <laughs> it's like that Titanic meme of the old lady being like, It's been eighty four years. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like, anyway. Well, going from the Raw main title to the SmackDown main title, what do y'all think of AJ Joe? I know a lot of people online. I, I I like to read the live threads of or reaction threads on Reddit after matches, and some people are all like, "Oh, this ending was trash. I hated it." Da, da, da. Two DQ endings and one pay per view is dumb. What 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 did you guys think? I feel like. <laughs> It could have ended in any way, and I would have been happy just because Samoa Joe was like, I'll be your new daddy. And I'm like, okay, no matter what happens, this was awesome. (laughs) What a killer line, you. You fucking asshole. Love you. (laughs) Yeah, Nick, I I think you said to us. He's such a fucker. He, the perfect he's gone, description of him. <laughs> he's gone all in on it too. Yeah. What did he say on SmackDown? 
he said he was like talking to AJ's kids in the camera and he's like daddy can't come in tonight to put to tuck you in he's already gone to bed <laughs> he choked AJ out it's like oh that's that's beautiful it's like oh, like not even Scott Steiner could do it better <laughs> except that except that he's buff because <laughs> that would make it better according to Scott Steiner but, anyway the the MVP of the match though was AJ's kid. Right? Oh, I was gonna say that when when she was like, "Daddy, you're bleeding," Daddy. and he was like, he, and he's like, "I'm sorry, baby," and he like grabs her, and she wanted nothing to do with him, and she was like, "Mom," and, and like reached back for the mom. <laughs> now my question is, was that entirely scripted? I mean, the thing with the girl? Yeah, probably not. I don't think so. Child actors, I, man, can't work with them. Well, because it it it, it works it works so well because <laughs> like it worked so perfectly, and I think it was just one of those beautiful like moments that just happened. It's just like ah, uh, either your daughter just like, somehow gets wrestling, or that was just a freak accident. That was wonderful. Like <laughs> I've I've seen aliens. I know child actors are terrible. You know, there's no way you got some. You got you got. There's no way you got AJ's kid to hit that perfectly, <laughs> do that line perfectly. Daddy, you're me. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> he's so precious. <laughs> yeah, I will say I I thought the match and the ending, especially the ending, how the ending played out was had some shades of Gargano Ciampa, where the the heel just pushes and pushes and pushes, and then the face finally snaps and goes to a very dark place. Mm-hmm. And is alienating his family. <laughs> so, but I mean, it works so well, though. It does. <laughs> it definitely does. I'm not. I'm not saying, oh, they're copying Gargano Ciampa. I said it had yeah. just little shades of it, which I'm into. Yeah. But especially when you have like a heel like Joe who can just play it so well, you just kind of just it's fine. It's fine if it's kind of similar to an NXT thing. Just do your thing, man. Guys, just do your thing. <laughs> It'll be brilliant. I mean, that's just that's just an old story in general. Like that's something yeah. that gets told all the time, which which is fine. But I think if you if you listened back to our previous episode about what our expectations were for this match, it gave us exactly what we wanted, which is yeah. a really solid match between two really good wrestlers, and the feud continues. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's, it continues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the quintessential example of this would probably be like Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit. They had their first their first match of their feud was at WrestleMania X Seven, and it was like okay, but like they had a ultimate submission match at at Backlash, and that's like many people consider that they're like one of the best matches ever. So you put two guys in an awesome feud you know if the first match isn't great you know you're building to the feud you're not building to this to the first match you're selling the feud yeah because you can have a fantastic match like technically with all these great spots and what have you but without the feud behind it it definitely loses something like if you just took all this to a five live (laughs) yeah i mean if you if you just had like all the spots and stuff from a Gargano Ciampa match 
I mean, sure, you'd see a lot of really good wrestling, but without the context of the feud behind it, it doesn't have any meaning. So. And next pay-per-view is Hell in a Cell. So it's probably going to be a Hell in a Cell match. And Samoa Joe teased the muscle buster. He teased it. He teased it. How dare If he does the muscle buster on top of the cell, I might shit my pants. Because <laughs> they're going through it. <laughs> and they're both going to die. We are going to watch two men die. <laughs> I mean, I mean, kill yourselves for entertainment, but also don't. It's like was it Shane die. was it Shane versus Kevin Owens where it was like just 10 minutes of just like pouring sweat we're all just like they're going to die they're going to die they're going to die don't die don't die don't die don't die don't die don't die Yeah because they were fighting on the cage for so long and it almost seemed like they were trying to break through the top but they couldn't do it and I was like what's happening I can't take this So we're probably going to get something like that um the other match in the last episode we talked about which match were you most excited for aj versus joe or miz versus uh daniel bryan and i think at least at least i think all of us though came to the consensus we were more interested in miz versus daniel bryan i think my tune has changed a lot over the last few days but i think i think the miz daniel bryan match was fine but then the events of SmackDown, I'm like, okay. I think your your excitement uh, has had a little bit of a <laughs> maybe uh, too much Brie, <laughs> too much Brie Bella. Let's just say that my excitement level for this match will not be entering Brie mode. <laughs> I'm not gonna sing that song on the on the podcast. You did it earlier. It's on recording. I think I can. I can. I can. I can throw <laughs> it in. Like- <laughs> Right if I'm end. if I'm so inclined, <laughs> <laughs> I have the power. <laughs> but yeah, what, what what did you guys think of this whole thing? I mean, yeah, I saw- I'm pretty disappointed actually in like how it's turning out because now the wives are involved too, and I'm like, can't this just, can't this just be like them beating the shit out of each other and hating each other? Why why do the wives have to get involved? And then we get like stupid mixed match matches which i hate because they're boring and stupid and i hate them (laughs) so now we get to watch that and i'm like no like every time a mixed match happens i'm just upset i'm like this should have gone a different way where this didn't have to happen (laughs) because it it reeks it's horrible (laughs) did they they already announced the helena cell match right they did uh yeah, this reeks of Brie versus Maurice at Evolution. Oh no! As one of the main, with Daniel and Miz in their corner. How about that? Oh no! I would just like to point and out, and I can tell you, I have zero interest in that because that's Divas wrestling. Maurice and Brie were cornerstones of the Divas division. I just like Evolution pay per view. Draw attention to. Just like the in-ring talent level of the four people involved in this match. And this isn't meant to be that much of a dig at The Miz. Because The Miz is a very, very competent, solid pro wrestler. But Daniel Bryan is just on another level in terms of his in-ring ability. So just 
I feel like there's a there's a big uh, big talent gap. Miz Miz is a lot like Triple H, like really classic Triple H, where he doesn't screw up. He doesn't. He does moves well. He just doesn't wrestle like an indie wrestler. You know, he wrestles like a WWE wrestler. Which was kind of the whole the whole and, premise of his uh, talking smack segment with Dan O'Brien yeah, in the first place. And Miz's Miz's storytelling is really good. Like his feud with Ziggler was really good. Those like those matches were good because of the storytelling. So I thought it was impressive how like stealthily Maurice gave him the the knuckles. Like you barely even saw it. Yeah, that was well done. I was convinced it was nothing. Because <laughs> they kept they showed it at a weird angle, despite that they knew the spot was coming. They were like, "Oh, I think he might have had something in his hand." Oh my god! Like, there's like 500 cameras. Show us the thing, you know. <laughs> I did love his thing about like that he has the strongest punch or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, still have high hopes for this. Wasn't there some kind of stipulation? that one of them is going to get a number one contender shot at some point in the future. I remember I, hearing, I, I remember recall. hearing something about that. Maybe I'm wrong, but there's still hope for your, uh, Mrs. Champion going into mania and Dan O'Brien wins the Royal rumble booking to, uh, to continue. Cause I'm smart. <laughs> And when they don't do it, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to complain about it on Reddit. Man, you're just calling out all the internet people today. So find his Twitter account, <laughs> listeners, if you have beef with, with Nick over here. Even though I, t- even though I agree completely. Um, let's move on to the other uh, big thing, which was the uh, Ronda Rousey Legend match. Brothers and New Day. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Eric Rowan has like a torn bicep or something, and that's why the New Day won on SmackDown. He's, Eric Rowan is like always hurt. Push Luke Harper, or Luke Bludgeon rather. Luke Bludgeon, because that's his last name. What now. a terrible name. <laughs> he could join the he could join the War Raiders with that name. <laughs> yeah, the the the, the Ronda thing. In hindsight, the Alexa pick was stupid. <laughs> but but with the, I thought you were right because the Bella Twins, the Bellas to be there. Yeah, uh, for a moment I'm like maybe maybe I don't know. So I I feel like sometimes I make a pick and I outsmart myself, and part of it is just like all of our picks are the same a lot of the times. So I was like I need to be different. Um, well, they were different enough to have a definitive winner this time, which is what we need to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. My question for you guys is who will be the first person to challenge Ronda Rousey for the championship? Because I feel like the Raw Women's Division right now is kind of a mess. Because aside from Ronda, Alexa, you have Nia Jax, who I haven't seen in a while. You've got Sasha Bailey, who are doing their, you know, lovers they're like worst imitation of the golden lovers. <laughs> um, you've got the riot squad still, I think 
Yes, you do. Yes. But Ruby Riot uh, is injured. Ronda, I Ronda think. versus Game Meat. Oh, <laughs> book it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got like Alicia Fox, and I don't know where Mickey James is. Like, is it just is it just gonna be Nikki Bella? Is that who it's gonna be? If Brock isn't going to be at Hell in a Cell, do you have to have Rhonda on the card? I kind of feel like you do. Yeah, she's the she's the big ticket now. She's the one with the mainstream crossover appeal. Everyone knows like, who Ronda Rousey is. Like, I wouldn't be mad if they just did a friendly match with her and Natty. Do like that. Natty wins a Natty wins a fatal four way on Raw and becomes number one contender and they just have a friendly match and that's it no storyline whatsoever. Natty's the safest worker in the entire Raw women's division. You know she's not going to do crazy death defying moves. Like you know like the first thing I thought was like holy cow Ember Moon versus Ronda would be awesome. But also Ember Moon works at 200 miles an hour and might yeah. kill Ronda. So I don't want that. <laughs> like Ember might actually kill her. And they've been teaming uh, up as of late. Yeah, so like if like I don't like if if they're planning on doing the Ronda Nikki thing, which has been kind of the rumor for Evolution, like just give her a throwaway match. No storyline involved. Also, if Nick, you have to put her on the card, didn't you have a, a, a Bella Twins rant prepared for this episode? Oh, I didn't. I mean, I, mean, I can just rant. I, well, <laughs> I, I remember after Raw because you know they did the Ronda Championship celebration thing, and Stephanie mm-hmm. McMahon was there, of course, and the Bella Twins were there. Blah 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 blah. And I think you messaged us as you were watching Raw, being like. Bella Twins rant incoming next podcast <laughs> or something like that. Oh, I so the Evolution show is coming up, yes. and it, it it is very much a big deal, right? Because if this show is trash, then you know, like that's really bad for women. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot on the line on this show. Um, like the, the the same way that like this was like the original NXT takeovers. Like if these shows suck, guess what? Triple H, you're not gonna do this anymore. Um. So they have this this whole evolution pay per view. Stephanie McMahon is like, oh, we're women. I created women. We're not divas anymore. <laughs> I pulled a rib out of my out of my body and created the Raw Women's Division. You know. And she has made it a point to bring up the divas, which is a very dark time in women's wrestling. There's a lot of dark times in women's wrestling, a lot of them different, but the divas are very particular because they had mostly models who were trained, trained in air quotes, big bold air quotes, to wrestle candace michelle the GoDaddy girl multiple time women's champion by the way m- m- still to this day most famous for pressing her breasts against glass women's champion <laughs> you know bella twins they were models before coming to the wwe Ooh, maurice was a playboy playmate before coming to wwe <laughs> you know they are booking 
the former divas above their current women above like what are sasha and bailey doing right now gonna be the two people who've had the sasha and bailey who have had who had probably the best women's match in wwe history you know and you're saying oh nikki bella the longest reigning divas champion of all time go wrestle ronda rousey at our biggest women's pay-per-view ever only onlyest women's pay-per-view ever that's a slap in the face it's it's horrific and it infuriates it you have daniel bryan versus the miz the biggest feud in wwe right now who are their wives divas they are not women superstars brie bella and maurice mizanin are divas they were never in the raw women's division it's garbage you might as well bring michelle mccool back and layla and they can do piggy james again didn't they bring Michelle McCool back for the Royal Rumble? Yes. They did. I remember that. Yeah, my fear for the Evolution show is kind of that where they wallow in the past. I know they announced the Tristratus thing. I mean, Tristratus was a legitimate wrestler. Her and Lita were kind of like the OG. Tristratus well, Trish Stratus was a an, another model who learned to be a wrestler, but she actually turned into a really good wrestler by the time, you know, by like 2004. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so but in like so... 1999, she was very much a model. I just don't know what their goal is. Like if they want to showcase like top tier women's wrestling, they're probably going to have to have some like NXT people in there. Like I'm guessing, like, I'm guessing the will they do the finals of the Man Classic at Evolution? I feel like they uh, should. That's a quick turnaround. They should. They absolutely. That's should. a quick turnaround. Well, well I think it's the all... tournament's technically over. We just haven't seen it. Yeah, but like if they want to pump out one episode a week, you know, that's a tight turnaround for the show's purpose, not the tournament's purpose. Yeah. But like, if you want a stellar show. Book Ember versus Oscar. Give him fifteen minutes. Book Sasha Bailey four. You know. Mm-hmm. Book um, Shayna Kyrie Sane. Don't book me fucking Brie Bella versus Maurice, and have Daniel Bryan and The Miz. You know, slap each other's butts on screen to get their wives over. <laughs> I'm like, there's the phrase cautiously optimistic, but I'm like. Trying to think of a different way to say it. It's like I'm I'm really scared and I'm not that optimistic. They're one degree away from having the TNA cage dancers on the entrance ramp for this show. Well, at least they can have they can have Stephanie McMahon versus the lesbians like they did in 2004. <laughs> that was that a just, tag team. Isn't that just the lesbians? Sasha Bailey now. <laughs> oh yeah well at least or, there's only been one match officially booked for evolution which is alexa trish so we'll see i mean it's it's hard to tell whether this is going to be like one of those one-off shows that doesn't really have much story implications or they're going to treat it like an actual pay-per-view mm-hmm. Like, I think it would be best if they did it as just, like, a one-off show and put people together 
who worked well together and not they, have it they be could like just... it doesn't like matter. This is just like showcasing the athleticism of our awesome women, but it doesn't seem like yeah. they'll be going that way because Maurice. It's like total divas has to get over today. By the way, all your women's division is still on a show called Total Divas. I hope you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> and coincidentally, a lot of the cast members of Total Divas get pushed to the top. Mm-hmm. Yep. Weird how that happens. I mean, isn't this Alexa's second season on that show and she's been champion pretty much the entire time? I, I, I don't know. I haven't watched Total Divas in years since we binged it. Like that one time, yes. I think we watched like four seasons of it. It was in a like very short amount of time. It was like a horrible like. It was like a train. Like you can't look away from it. Like it was hard to understand. Like why we just kept watching it. Because we were so entertained by the moments where the dudes gave no fucks, and that was always fun. <laughs> Isn't it a uh, Jimmy Uso? It was, it was like, John. Oh no, the cat's missing. Uh oh! <laughs> just like did not care. Like this is wonderful. You are my hero. <laughs> There's a small part of me that wants to watch further just to see what Dean Ambrose is like on that show. <laughs> I hope Dean Ambrose is like what? What show was it? The WWE Hall of Fame show? Were you yeah. super drunk? Where Renee? Yeah, Renee was doing the. She was talking and he kept interrupting her because he was drunk off his ass. Instead, he was like a lady. Killer, I love it. And she's just like, should you be saying that to me? He's like, why not? And he's just drunk. No clue. That was wonderful. I feel like that's the only reason to watch at this point. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm guessing a new season of Total Bells is coming out around the same time as Evolution. I don't know. Apparently, John and Nikki are done forever, but John Cena is still in the promotional pictures. So, fuck me, right? Well, I mean, I feel like <laughs> I, I think the the new season is chronicling their split. I don't care at all. Guys, split of the century. <laughs> I was so annoying because I clicked on one article on Twitter because I was like, oh wow. And then Google just thought I wanted every piece of news about Nikki Bella and John <laughs> Cena. And I'm like, stop, please. I don't actually care. Oh, God, no. What have I done? <laughs> I've made a terrible mistake. Yeah, luckily I didn't have to go through that because Owen just like told me. So I didn't have to click on anything. So I'm not having that problem. <laughs> Well, all I know is is that the new season of Total Bells is going to be dramatic. It's got the John Cena breakup. It's got Daniel Bryan's return to the ring. OMG. We gotta watch. Oh, must see. Must see television. I hope they do a WWE 24 on the Daniel Bryan thing so we don't have to watch any Total Bells. But we got way sidetracked with the with the evolution women's thing, didn't we? Welcome oh, to Burn will, the Boys, where there's where there's one rant about women every week. I will say that I completely agree with Nick. Okay. Any other any other uh, bits from uh, SummerSlam you guys want to talk about before we move on? 
I do want to give a shout out to Baron Corbin. Hey, saying something nice about Baron Corbin. I thought he acted like his reaction to seeing Demon Finn was exactly what Demon Finn needs. Because he looked terrified out of his mind and was just like, no, no, I'm not doing this. And then Finn just like destroyed him. And was like, that's exactly what that needed. So well done, Corbin. Good job. You acted that well. That's exactly what you were supposed to do. Yeah, props to Baron there. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed that. I was like, ah, the demon's here. Oh, he was just like, I'm fed up with you. I kill you now. I like that. (laughs) It's like, shut the fuck up, man. You're dead now. It's very, very, like, classic, like, anime. Yeah. Of Finn, where he's he like, you pushed Saiyan. him. Yeah, you pushed him too far. Okay, I'm coming out as the the demon, and you fucked. Like we done. <laughs> yeah, you know, the mega like. And I'm glad you were fighting the Power Rangers for a while, but this is the Megazord coming out. Because that needed to be a squash for him to like come out to Baron Corbin. Like, yeah, you dead now, and that's just over. He's like, ha, Baron dead. <laughs> Well, that is one thing about the whole demon gimmick is that it requires the other wrestler to wrestle also, like, at least react a certain way when you first see him, mm-hmm. which is why I thought a Finn-Brock match never made any sense because Brock would give zero fucks about it, which would kind of Brock ruin the laugh. mystique. He'd be like, demon. man, you look stupid. <laughs> like, what's all that stuff on your skin? <laughs> I'm going to read my Huntsman magazine. <laughs> <laughs> but good job, Baron. Not gonna shit on you this week. You did good. You did good, kid. <laughs> yeah, I, I've said multiple times on this podcast. I kind of dig the constable character. He's like a he's like a shitty hall monitor, and it's great. <laughs> anyway, let's let's touch on some. I feel like the big events from Raw. Speaking of Baron Corbin, is that Kurt Angle's been deposed as general manager to be replaced. By interim general manager, Baron Corbin. Promotion. The general monitor. I know. Does he get a promotion? He goes from constable to like uh, grand constable. Grand constable. <laughs> like what's above constable? I don't know. The queen. <laughs> he could be the queen, the queen, Baron Corbin. <laughs> There's like no no prince in there. Just. Queen. <laughs> well, Prime, Prime Minister Baron Corbin. <laughs> yeah, it has to be British because I believe Constable is just like a British police person. Yeah, Constable Reggie. So <laughs> he would need to be like a captain or a sergeant or something like that. I'm looking it up. But sound more British. I don't know. Um, so it seems like Stephanie McMahon wants to take over Raw a little bit more. Because two very non-authority figures have the two main titles. You know, Ronda Rousey's kayfabe broken Stephanie's arm like three times now. And Roman has never been a friend of the authority. So we might see He's never more. been Vince's boy. <laughs> Inspector. Ooh, Inspector Corbin. Inspector Corbin. Okay, he's going to be that Inspector would, Corbin on this podcast from now on. He, would be, he got promoted. He would be the biggest boy of yeah, all time. Yeah, Constable is actually Inspector the Corbin. bottom. So he's moving up. <laughs> Wait. 
Now he's they, a le- member of mid-level management. Ooh. Yeah, from bottom to top, and constables first, and then inspector. So he'll be henceforth be known as Inspector Corbin as long as he's general manager of Raw. <laughs> I'm okay with this. Um, curious to see where that goes. I'm sure this just is basically just writing in a story so Kurt Angle can get some vacation time, and maybe he'll have a match at some point in the future against somebody. Maybe H, maybe not. I don't know who else he'd wrestle. Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin would be weird as fuck. And I don't really care to see that. Yeah. Um, but the other big thing was the S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion again again. Don't say it too many times or someone will get hurt. Again, 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 it's again. The, it's, S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion is the Macbeth of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't say it out loud. Yeah, let's, let's, let's hope everyone stays healthy. Personally, I'm okay with it because, again, we saw it like around this time, maybe like nine, ten months ago, and it was first off derailed by Roman getting sick with that. I forgot what it was, but like Bray Wyatt and Roman were sick with something really bad, and then Dean got injured, so the whole S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion kind of didn't even get started. I mean, they got that sweet merch, though, which is the important <laughs> part. <laughs> but uh, what, do you, what, what do you guys think about the S.H.I.E.L.D. being back again again? I it's, think it's to be expected. <laughs> it's so weird because, like, Seth and Dean were, act, like, were out on Raw earlier in the night wearing different clothes. And then they got changed into S.H.I.E.L.D. gear at some point. A quick change. It was... It was really strange because <laughs> like, like it didn't surprise me that the shield came out, but like that they were classic shield, not like, not like the modern, like the last shield where they were like merch shield with the three hands on the shirt. They all had that same shirt. Now it's kind of, it's another one of those, like it's too early to really pass judgment on it. Like, I know that's the point of having a wrestling podcast is to pass judgment on everything too early. <laughs> but, no, you're not doing but, your job right. But, like, right now, it's really in limbo. Because they came out and did something heelish. They attacked Braun Strowman in the face. But was it heelish? Good question. You know, was it really? Was it really? Because uh, they, they, they were acting like baby faces. Like Seth Rollins was was, slept, was high-fiving fans and stuff. Well, it, it it's funny because I, f- I feel like Braun is firmly a face at this point, and he's been doing, he's trying to attempt to do a very face cash-in of the contract, <laughs> which is like, I am going to publicly announce that I will challenge the winner of this match. I'm not going to, you know, get a mother down or whatever, or the back is turned, blah, 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 blah. And he keeps getting punished for it, which is very <laughs> face. <laughs> Usually faces when they try to do, you know, good face things, get punished for it. So, yeah, I would call the shield move kind of heel. It's kind of like protecting Roman from Braun, who is a face at this point. So, we'll see. I can definitely picture that the easy feud is those three versus Braun and Ziggles and McIntyre. Which... 
sounds good to me. All those guys are really good. I can watch them fight for a while, as long as it doesn't turn into another bar situation. Mm. Please don't make Ziggles and McIntyre the new bar, please. <laughs> I can't watch Seth and Dean wrestle them for eternity. <laughs> I'm kind of sad that what was when you say classic shield, I think of tactile neck shield from their debut debut at Survivor Series with their with their awesome looking mm-hmm. turtlenecks. Yeah, yeah, straight yeah, out of Archer. Yeah. Like Archer. <laughs> it's a tactile neck, Lana. With the uh, them coming out in classic shield gear, they should have Seth should have re dyed that spot of his hair. Oh my <laughs> god, it's so bad. He could come out with like one of Lana's like extensions. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad they're on different shows. I will say my favorite memory of the last Shield reunion was the TLC match where Kurt Angle came out decked out in classic Shield gear. Shield dead. <laughs> so dead. good. My favorite caption ever was like when you're a divorced dad and your sons invite you out or something like that. And he's just like, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm dressed, I'm, I'm dressed out for the turn up or something like that. <laughs> I get them on weekends. See, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, I thought Raw was an interesting show. Uh, I thought SmackDown was less interesting. Except why does Jeff Hardy want to die? I don't know. I know that he did like that. He did like an interview last week where he was talking about how he doesn't do the Swanton bomb as much anymore. He's like, oh, I save it for TV. I usually use the twist of fate on house shows. And then he does a Swanton bomb onto the apron. (laughs) Yeah. And then he decided, I think he did some other crazy spot against Randy on Tuesday. He did. Yeah. He, he did a, like jumping off of the bleachers onto Randy onto a chair or onto a table. Sorry. I think he just wants to die. I don't know. It's really, it's really confusing, <laughs> but what well, it, it is how he got crazy over in like 1999, like death defying spots. Like he's all like literally always that's Jeff Hardy. Like he dresses cool. He's got the sleeves. He's got the cool tat, cool tattoos, and he jumps off things and dies. This is something cool, though. But in now 1996, it mean, yeah. in 1996, it was. Yeah. But now he's yeah. Now he's in his 40s. Now and he's just old, like, oh, it's and he's bad. he's exactly the same. <laughs> just like, don't remind me of the fashions back then, please don't. That was not a good time for fashion. <laughs> it really wasn't. <laughs> okay, one last Raw slash SmackDown note is the um, Knock America thing is bad. Oh. And you should just retire that immediately. It's like they're trying to do Kevin Owens' new face of America thing, but bad. Mm-hmm. So just don't. Ew. I didn't even hear that. Yeah, it's the like United States of Knock America or something like that. Yeah. It doesn't work like at all. It's really horrible. Anyway, uh, let's talk about NXT Takeover a bit. A, <laughs> what was your guys's match of the night? I can tell you what mine wasn't. Even though Velveteen Dream finally won a big match, 
Yeah. I just wasn't that impressed with that match. It, the, the ending was good, but it was just kind of bland. And I think that is just... We're so used to these super amazingly talented indie guys, and I don't think EC3 really fits that mold. Mm-hmm. He's more like classic wrestler. Yeah. And I think he's good, but it's just like you're up against Velveteen Dream, and you... We're up in this ladder match before with all these insanely talented dudes, and you just didn't seem to hold your own. And I think this kind of confirms that. EC three EC three has the exact same problem I think Bobby Roode had in NXT, and I like when Bobby Roode was the top guy in NXT. I did not watch NXT a whole lot, and it, like he his his wrestling just does like I don't care. And like on W, like on on the main roster, like I literally just talked said this about Miz. You know, Miz is a solid wrestler. You know, solid wrestler doesn't fuck up. Good storytelling. But if you're on the same card as Ricochet versus Adam Cole, mm-hmm. you know, then then that doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. We're kind of spoiled a little bit with NXT. It's like that match that match automatically turned into you know the Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton or whatever it was Jeff Hardy versus Nakamura matches I don't care about Yeah, EC3 has not been like his gimmick is funny. He plays it really well. I love his song. But like his song is song great. Is awesome. But it's like Watching him in the ring is just kind of a success for me. But he is fucking jacked, won. though. <laughs> he is hella jacked. I am glad Dream. I'm glad that I went part there. Go Dream. So, Nick, am I to assume your match of the night was Adam Cole or Ricochet? Yeah, that match was dope. <laughs> it was my match of the night, too. It was ridiculous. Adam Cole is just like he all he does is perform he just delivers match after match after match that one spot where Ricochet was doing like the moonsault off the ropes and he just super kicks him in the face oh my god upside down he hit it perfectly too it looked amazing I freaked out like holy shit (laughs) very loudly I'm sure the neighbors heard (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the Gargano Champa match was really good as usual, but I feel like since this is the third time we've seen them try to murder each other, it kind of lost some of its luster. Despite that, that match went from 0 to 100 immediately. Yeah. Like, I think they broke an announce table like four minutes into that damn match. Yeah. Move of the night was uh, Champa walking up the ramp with the broken crutch and then Gargano kicking it into a fan. <laughs> <laughs> and like then he had to like pause and go like oh shit I actually kicked that into a person and then like resumed <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and I want to give props this is another person we've kind of ripped on in this podcast well, I, I don't know I don't know if we ripped on her necessarily we ripped on her a lot in the Mayon Classic which was mm-hmm. what it really is of the podcast, but Sh- Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane put on a fantastic match. Yeah. Shayna Baszler's wrestling, like she is the most improved wrestler in NXT. Yeah. 
really over the last year. Also, her like submission work makes me cringe, like in in a good way. It just it looks so painful. <laughs> the only thing I don't like about Shayna is she does the uh, she does the like I like I twist your hand and I put it on the mat. And then I stomp your elbow, and like when she puts your hand on the mat, you're like, "Oh no, I'm trapped." Oh no, my hand is stuck. Yeah, that one's weird. If only, I, if only I could move it, <laughs> but I can't. But her other stuff is just like, "Oh, stop doing that! Please stop." Yeah, like oh, when no. she had Kyrie's leg and whatnot. I think that's partly is that mm-hmm. Kyrie's really bendy, but yeah. it just looked legitimately painful. Yeah. And you know, you, you you gotta give a lot of respect to her because you know she was pushed pretty high like pretty she was pushed immediately upon arriving mm-hmm. at nxt mm-hmm. and she could have just ridden her name and yeah. you know but she's probably been booked work. really strongly but she's yeah she put she, in the work. she actually gives a shit Respect. and and ronda rousey gives a shit too which i think is great yeah because she could easily just you know ride the weight of her name and go to the shoot right to the top but She's done a really great job in the ring, and it shows that she actually cares, and I I respect that. Back to both you ladies. And we've got Kyrie Sane as a champion, and she's adorable, and I love her. And now we can have Kyrie Sane versus Bianca Belair NXT Takeover for the title. Oh please! And it's gonna be incredible. Oh yes, that's so. Women's division is stacked. Stack so high. It's like it's, it's like Kyrie Sane, Bianca Belair, uh, Aaliyah. <laughs> I think I think Lacey Evans is really good. Like really good. I I would like Lacey Evans a lot more if she wasn't a direct rip on Liberty Bell. Well, she's Liberty Bell if Liberty Bell were a heel. Yeah. <laughs> Liberty Bell uh, kind of did turn heel. In real life, yeah, she broke. Yeah. Well, she in, broke. In kayfabe, she was uh, super baby faced. She broke Zoya Destroyer's knee. That's terrible. But yeah, her like in real life, she was a heel. <laughs> but in the kayfabe of Glow, the, sh- the the actual show, She's trying to get her daughter back. I mean, I feel like you would break your knees for your kid. <laughs> this is kayfabeception. <laughs> kayfabe inside of a TV show, which is also kayfabe. <laughs> also in terms of if you're talking about brutal looking submission work i have to say kyle o'reilly definitely fits that mold kyle o'reilly is awesome he is the dorkiest looking man And he comes down to the ring playing his title like it's a like it's a guitar, oh, and he just it. always looks like such a goof. <laughs> and then he's in fucking incredible when he actually wrestles. He's like, I like it's that, like, like Daniel Bryan. It's like he's not scary at all. I like the video you showed me of him like tuning his belt like it's a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was some like undisputed era group promo, and he wasn't really talking, and he's like sitting on the left side of the screen, and he's just like pretending to tune his championship belt as though it were a real guitar. He was like reaching up to the top side and like twisting his fingers and like strumming it and shit. And my 
favorite part of that was on, on the Reddit thread. It was like, no one deserves Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> he is a treasure that no one deserves. Not even me. It's so true, though. It's just like he's just owns that like dorkiness and it just totally works for him. <laughs> it's just like, you know what? I'm just going to go 110% on the dork. Just going to do that and it'll work. It does. <laughs> I kind of adore it. Also, I've been wanting to talk a little bit about Roderick Strong for a while. Because looking back on his time in NXT and just WWE in general, I feel like he's almost, hes I feel like he's one of the MVPs of NXT over the last like two years. Because he's worn a lot of different hats or pants. I want to say, I wanted to say pants, but I know the actual phrase is hats. I mean, at some point we had referred to him as unbuttered popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> And he's kind of done a, a 180 from that. So, I mean, to go from unbuttered popcorn, which, whew, that's real rough. We're real sorry. I mean, we're not sorry because it was true, but. Do you remember how he debuted in NXT? I, th- I think this goes to show just how, like, malleable I'm pretty he sure is. he just showed up on an NXT show. He... Good, but was like he, he Austin Aries surprise tag team partner for oh, the yeah. Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. And then Austin Aries immediately got injured. And so his whole his whole thing was like his window was kind of closed. It's like I was here to be his tag team partner. And now what the fuck do I do? And then he wrestled some singles matches. He feuded with Bobby Roode. He was in the cruiserweight tournament for a while. And he was really good in that. And now he was he was teaming with Pete Dunne, and now he's in the Undisputed Era. He's just done a lot, and I want to give him a shout out for his NXT work. I mean, his I mean, heel turn was one of the best surprises. It it just goes to show what a good heel turn will do, because Bobby or Bobby Roode, Roderick Strong was is very very much a boring bland i'm gonna try my best baby face just like becky fucking lynch (laughs) (laughs) and then it comes all the way around also roderick strong wrestled drew mcintyre for the championship at one point in time i don't remember that at all it happened (laughs) it was a really good match those are my favorite matches nxt tv matches ever oh I still think the best NXT TV match ever was Nikki Asuka, the last one was standing. But that was freaking awesome. The fact that it wasn't a paper like a takeover match still astounds me. That was, just that was just a TV match. Awesome. <laughs> but I know I say this a lot, but NXT is by far my personal favorite wrestling brand and show. It's perfect. The it's once a week. It's really short. The matches are incredible. The talent keeps coming in and out, so no one gets super stale or boring for me. It's, it's just the it's rotation just, of talent that it's the conveyor belt of talent that keeps it interesting. Exactly, it's the best. Like, now we've got Matt Riddle joining all of a sudden. Like I, I watched, I watched a zero of this year's G One Classic because I watched last year's one, and I'm like, I've already seen it. 
Like most like a lot of NJPW shows, it's like the same tag team matches over and over again. And like in New Japan, there's not a whole lot of storyline and a lot of things that happen. It's just like New New Japan's, you know, pay-per-view this Sunday. Here's a random tag match with no storyline. Cool. But, you know, in NXT, there is that storyline. And it's never, it's they, they don't repeat themselves over and over again because the top guys are out in a year or two. I feel like matches in NXT always kind of mean something. I mean, there's, because usually the standard NXT show goes is like, first match is some usually up and coming person, usually squashes a random person, you don't know who that is. And then there's a match, a more established person that advances the storyline. And then there might be some kind of video package. And then there might be another sort of squash type match. And then there's the main event, which is usually something something big and important that goes for a long time. Which is kind of the same formula they're doing in 205 Live, honestly. Well, common denominator here. Yeah. So. Dude knows what he's doing. Really does, though. I don't want to see Russell Undertaker, though. I was about to say, I was going to say we should end the show saying how excited are you to see Triple H Wrestle Undertaker in Australia? You excited? Is everyone excited? No. No. <laughs> I'm, as ex- I am, I'm as excited as Undertaker's hips are real. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not. <laughs> For all you out there who don't know, his hips are real. <laughs> they are not actually. <laughs> and yet he's going to Australia to wrestle a show. That's insane. Well, any other things you want to shout out before we close? I don't. Th- I don't. I just quickly. I don't think we gave. I don't think I was able to give Ronda Rousey enough love earlier when we talked about it. I honestly think that Ronda Rousey is the most compelling wrestler in WWE. Male or female Raw or SmackDown. I think she's like when she's on TV, I am fully invested. See, for for me, I think she has that potential. My my fear is is that how do you book matches with her that are realistic? Like kayfabe wise, because you know her background and that she could legitimately fuck up every probably most women on the roster and most most everyone. She could fuck up most anyone. Just that just that, that that exists in mm-hmm. the world, legitimately. So it's like I feel like that's gonna be their their challenge with Ronda Rousey is like booking compelling matches for her that you legitimately think she could lose. So that's going to be something that's navigate. But so far, I think she's passed every benchmark, knocked knocked everything out of the park. I mean, I remember us being super nervous for her match match with Nia Jax, and it turned out to be one of the best matches of the night. She's done a hundred times better than I even imagined she could. Mm-hmm. As we as we said earlier, when talking mostly about Shannon Baszler, but it applied to Ronda Rousey too. You, I can obviously tell she really cares and wants to be really good. Yeah. She's worked her ass off, and you can tell. It's really impressive. So, I actually really enjoy watching her wrestle. 
She should just get eye makeup tips from Becky Lynch, oh, not yeah, uh, the, nightman. <laughs> the Nightman. The <laughs> Nightman. I'm not going for laughs. I'm going for gasps. <laughs> it looks straight up. It, it was it was a mix of Nightman or the Black Swan. Because <laughs> Becky's eye makeup for that match looked fucking cool, and Ronda's not so much. Well, like well, Becky's looked more like war paint. Yeah. Whereas. She just got overzealous. <laughs> Rhonda's look like some kind of like catching like, fire. Like flames coming out of her eyes. Yeah. Well, hey, the whole thing about the Hunger Games, the whole thing, it was getting over with the crowd <laughs> so that people wanted you to win. So there's that. <laughs> um, Does anyway, bad I think eye makeup do that, though? In the movie, it did. But then again, people in the District 1 dressed really strangely. Yeah. That's a whole different society. <laughs> yeah. The New Day would fit in perfectly. <laughs> those, ri- those, uh, those rich folk in their District 1. <laughs> anyway, I think that's where we will wrap up. This is actually, we're actually back doing kind of consistent episodes. I'm impressed. Hopefully you that continues. It. Oh my how God. Does that, how does that jinx it? We just have to, you know, actually do it. It's not that difficult. <laughs> Though it is, it is now football season, so Nick is going to be a, a busy boy. Uh-huh. But we'll figure it out. Anyway, we will catch you next time talking about wrestling, because that's what we do. Anyway. Mm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.